uh, we're glad that you're here with us. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking about the blessings that this church has already been given, um, you know, throughout the years. And I know sometimes we, we think about all the things that could bring us despair, but we are blessed. I want you to think about this. We had someone playing the uh, music today for us. We sang the songs, and uh, once we settled on the verse that we we're going to sing, or the verse that we we're going to sing, we sang that. But even so, I want you to think about this. We are not the fewest, we're not the most, but we're the blessed. And if we think about it in that way, we can actually see how often God does watch over us and provide for us. Let's take our Bibles, let's go to Revelation. This time we're going to go to chapter 9. As we take a look at uh, verse 1 through verse 12, now I'll put notes in the back, and you'll also notice that in the announce, or the bulletin that I've given you, the weekly bulletin, are some new slides that we're going to be looking at today, and I want us to consider that one as well. But let's go ahead and let's look at chapter 9 of the book of Revelation, beginning with verse 1, all right? And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. One of the things I want you to see, and this is the contrast with we have up here where it speaks of the fourth trumpet. Remember last time that we studied together, we talked about how that one-third of the sun was darkened, one-third of the moon was darkened, one-third of the earth was darkened, and now we're seeing a darkening again, but this time because of smoke. There is a difference between the two darkenings. All right, let's go to verse 3. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and upon them was given power, as the scorpions of the of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he struck both a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, the crowns of gold, like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of, the, of lions. And they had breastplates that were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and they were stings in their tails, and their power was given to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which was the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is abandoned, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Let us pray. Father, again, we want to thank you for this time that we have together, and I pray, Father, that you will just continue to bless us and watch over us in all that we do. Again, Lord, let us take each verse and let us learn from the things that you have for us today, and may we study and may we find the approval of the things that you give. Help us, dear Father, to follow you. Help us to be the men of God, men and women of God that we should be. And help us, dear Father, to always focus on the things which are given. Guide and bless, Lord. Help us, dear Father, then to be faithful in all things. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. 
Now, I know we read 12 verses and of this, uh, the fifth uh, sounding trumpet, if you will. And I don't mean to prolong this. Please understand this. I don't mean to prolong anything that is written in Scripture. But there is a reason why each section should be studied independently. What was interesting is I can find a lot of detail about the first three trumpets. Primarily, we find that people will focus on the fourth trumpet, not on the first three trumpets. And yet, the first three trumpets that we found in Revelation chapter 8 are just as important as the fourth trumpet, if not more so. And not only that, we're seeing how that God is already starting to cause a separation between the Gentile peoples and the Jews, and, and literally bring the, the Gentile people away from the Jews such that the Jews have to go into hiding. We're, we're seeing that come into place as well. But in chapter 9, we're seeing how that everyone upon the earth is judged. And one of the things, and if you will, Brother Joe, go ahead and take a look at the next slide. The difference is... When, and these are older de depictions, if you will, of what is then. The one that is uh, to the left is actually an older depiction of what it was like on the earth. And yet every one that I can find, when there comes another image or whatever, it seems like everybody wants to focus on the second picture, not on the first. And any time that you see a focus on the, the majority, if you will, of the images, they're wanting to ignore the truth of what's getting ready to happen elsewhere. Reality is, there are two major things that are happening that we're going to be focusing on today. The first one is, God opens up the pit. The second one is, what's released from the pit. Now, I want you to get that. God opens the pit. The second one is what's released from the pit. I want us to spend some time today because, you know, reality is there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Now, I'm one of those individuals that uh, I'll strike out with my uh, old uh, Tyndale New Testament. I'll grab my uh, Coverdale if I have it. I will go to uh, the 1599 Geneva, which I have in hand. Uh, I mean, I'll go to each one of these just to see how those individuals interpreted the ancient Greek. Now, here's the reason why I go to these older books. They had a more clear understanding of what was going to be in the Koine Greek. And by the way, this was written in the Koine Greek. They had a better understanding than even our modern men today. You know, when I say, when I say that I studied this, uh, as a matter of fact, the, the star that you see here is going to be called Aster. We're going to get into that in a moment. When you see this word star or Aster as it comes in, there's a lot of times that we don't understand the modern vernacular of the star. Do you realize that an, an, an explosion of a volcano and it causes a meteorite or whatever to go into the sky and then fall back to the earth is called an aster. We can also talk about the asteroid belt and anything that falls from the asteroid belt, and you know, the meteors or whatever. That again is called an aster. A star in itself is called an aster. So we know that it's a heavenly body that's going to be coming to this earth. But the thing that's different is that there is a name that is given to this star. And unlike anything else we've ever seen, there is a particular name. I want us to, again, back up a little bit. We're going to study today these two things. Let's look at verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from, fall from heaven unto earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Two things I want you to look at. I don't know if this is an angel. 
I do not I do not believe that it is just a person, but there's someone that has fallen to this earth, and the name of this person that comes to this earth is one that has the power of the key to the bottomless pit. Is this an angel? Could be. Could be. I don't know. All I know and everyone that I have taken a look at in the old interpretations, whether it was the Matthews or the Bishops or the Tyndale or even the Geneva, every one of them, including the King James, referred to it as a star. So don't put any other indication in there unless it really gives us what we need to do. The thing is, when this one comes to this earth, and again, I understand, not every angel has wings. Because, let's put it this way, the only heavenly bodies that we've ever seen that has wings are either going to be the cherubs, which they have a wing, or we're going to see the seraphims, which also have wings. Do you realize most angels have no wings? They don't. I mean, if you take a look at it, uh, you know, one of the things that people say is, well, Lucifer had wings. Well, he was the fifth, he was the fifth cherub. And he covered over and it said that he flew above and it was his responsibility to use his temperance to sing praises to God. That's what he was created for. However, on the other end, we find that the seraphims, that we will, uh, this, if you will, they're a form of cherub, and as they fly across, they cry out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. But even then, two sets of wings are to cover their eyes, two sets of wings are to cover their feet, and merely the other two wings are to keep them flying. Again, that's in the book of Isaiah. The one thing that I want us to look at more than anything is this person or this one is given the power to the bottomless pit. Look at verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit. Now, I want to point this out to you. There are things upon the was reserved in the time that Christ Jesus wanted you to be redeemed. Now think about that for a moment. We grew up probably in sinful conditions, maybe in sinful homes or whatever. Maybe you were blessed as I was to uh, have mom and dads that they cared about the things of God and they raised us boys the best way they could uh, in a house that was God-fearing. And we went to church every Sunday. We heard the messages every Sunday. But not everyone has the same situation. I oftentimes take a look at someone like D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was not raised in a godly home. But the first time that he heard the message of Jesus Christ, it stirred him. It stirred him deeply. And matter of fact, he went to, well, I guess it was United Church or whatever, and they rejected him because they, he did not match their testimony. Now, many years later, he went back and they accepted his testimony. I don't know what happened between now and then, but we do know that he come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But he was appointed a time to where his acknowledgement was clear. We just had last week, we had little Gracie come forward. I guarantee you, there has been many, many prayers that have been lifted up on her behalf. But it had to be in the Lord's timing that she would have the declaration. Not a Of challenges, and the Lord had to remind him, stay with 
because I have much people in this place. Well, what constitutes much? Anyone here want to define much? I don't, just much. And so for that reason, as he preached, there was a lot of people that began to receive him. I, I know some missionaries. There used to be a missionary by the name of Andy Sexton many years ago that was down in Kentucky. And I went and I preached for Brother Andy one time. And uh, he was hoping that he could establish a congregation. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. No one wanted to come. He moved down the road just a little piece. And after he moved down the road a little piece, there was 20 or 30 people that showed up. What's the difference? I don't know. Now, what this story is saying, when he opens the Bible, look what happens. And there are That should tell us how, how much this bottomless pit is, is reserved. I, I looked at, you know, many years ago, most of you all remember when Mount St. Helens blew its top. That was a beautiful mountain. It really was. And I saw, I think I saw Mount St. Helens many years ago, uh, flying over top of it, and I thought, how beautiful of a mountain it was. It's not near the mountain it used to be after the explosion. It's not near as beautiful. It's still pretty, but not near as beautiful as that majestic peak. And when that thing blew, it was reserved for a time in such a place that it caused the entire sky to blacken. How many of you all remember the winter that followed after Mount St. Helens blew? It was one of the worst winters on record. The reason is, it had cooled the temperature down such, and the smoke that had come up had reserved this whole period. They found some of Mount St. Helens' dust all the way in Europe. They have found it. I don't know how they captured it, but anyway, it's been found over there. And our entire landscape was also dusted. I remember that there was a lot of people that they had to wear masks, even in our area. Not because of COVID, but because of Mount St. Helens dust. Why? Watch this. Not only is there the explosion and the smoke out of the pit, but it says, as the smoke of a great furnace. So there's two words that are here. Number one is the word as which gives a depiction of what it was like. Now, again, it, the only description I can give you is something that I think every one of us can relate to. Many years ago, there was a cigarette. Now, I know you've heard the word cigarette come out of this pulpit, okay? And many years ago, there was a cigarette, and it said, taste good like a cigarette should. How many of y'all remember that? And then they turned around and they said, that's wrong. It's not like. Do you realize that I like I like Randy? I hope Randy likes me. There, there's that really the great term of like. Like is a comparison. It's a relationship. But the word as should be put in there to help define and to describe it. It took an English professor from England, I'll say, you know, and he sat there and he goes, no, 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 it should not be like, it should be as the cigarette should. And how many of you all remember the captions where the buses were, you know, that went by had the word like struck out and the word as above and it literally sold more cigarettes? All because there was a word change. I want you to get this. This description that we have here says what this smoke is all about. Anytime you see the word as, for instance, in chapter 8, it spoke of the earth, oceans being turned to blood. It didn't say as blood. It said turn to blood. 
I had someone argue with me with that. I said, that's not allegory. I said, if that's an allegory, then the not And I thought, I've had, I'm, I'm done with you. I don't want anything else to do with you. How many people realize that that was a real situation in which the river was turned to blood, the waters of the land were turned to blood, the fountains were turned to blood, everything was turned to blood? That is because God is in control. Once again, it is an analogy. So when the smoke... Notice the smoke is come out of this pit, and notice the description, as the smoke of a great furnace. How many of us remember many years ago, going by any power station, there was one down that, uh, about around Louisa, and they had two great big cooling towers, and literally, even though there was a building, I didn't realize there was steam. But the reality is, is that a stench, there's such a power, such a greatness in this, that it's really a St. Helens. Imagine the, the sky so black, everywhere but so black, that literally as this furnace was, or as this pit was opened up, that it caused a darkness. Whenever we see darkness, it should be a reminder to us that this is really a depiction of sin. Let me give you an example. I want you to see this. I don't know how many of you have done it before, but let's go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. And I want us to see verse, you know, verses uh, 1 through 5, if you will. I want you to look at this. I've had a lot of people say, when was Satan cast to the earth? This may surprise you, but this is my own personal belief. I believe Satan was cast to the earth on day one. Now, why do I believe that? Listen to what it says. In the beginning, God created the heaven. The first thing he created was heaven. And then he turned his attention to earth. Have, you know, I've had that people a lot of times will say, how much time did it take to create heaven? I said, it didn't take any time. Time was created for the earth and for man. It was never created for God. And the earth was without form and void and darkness. Why was there darkness? So is it just naturally dark? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is it because everything was naturally dark and when God came on the scene, darkness was suddenly exposed? No, 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 no. Where there is light, there is light. Where there is darkness, there is darkness. And so when God came upon the face of the deep, there was already darkness. And the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth, and God said, let there be light. Once again, Matthew chapter 6 shows that he is the light of the world, and we are his light because he dwells within us. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and he divided the light from the darkness. You see, what the, you see what's going on in that verse? He separated truth from evil. Anytime you see the word darkness, you've got, mark it down, that's in reference to sin. 
Now, let's go back. That's why I believe that Satan was already cast to this earth at this time. In Revelation chapter 9, once again, the darkness has almost an overwhelming power. Now, a lot of people say, well, why is there so much darkness? Because that is what the world has clamored for. I, I can't tell you how vexed I, I have been at times when I go into the workplace. And I mean, I, I, I walk around Huntington, and maybe it's a good thing that I do walk, walk around Huntington, because I see everywhere this wickedness, this evil. I see the power that drugs have on, on individuals, and it's almost like, don't convince me or don't confuse me with what's right, with what's justice. How many times have we ever talked to someone and said, well, There is not a sin on this earth that means more to me than Jesus Christ. I want you to get that. I love my Savior. I love what He did for me. I love everything He's done for me. And because of His holiness, I am what I am by His grace. But when people are crying, by the wickedness of this world, you know, many of the apartments I go into, I mean, the stench of marijuana is everywhere. I can't stand it. I, I don't like it. And yet, it's almost like they revel in the fact that they can smoke marijuana. It's bad enough when there's a cigarette. But even the stench of marijuana is worse because you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their manner. I wish it was so that... that I've never confronted it, but I've watched marijuana as it's been in the life of a young man, 15, 16 years of age, that wasn't even ready for marijuana. Their mind's not capable of handling it. And the glassed over look, the red eyes and everything, and it's almost like, I'm okay. No, you're not. Do you see how far this is going? And yet, here we see this bone pit being opened up, and darkness is upon the earth, and the people can't even stand the darkness. Because now they're seeing what it's really like. Look, let's go on. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. This is the second part. We see the opening of this pit. We see the smoke as it comes out. And along the kept Greg awake. I don't need to be excited. But the reality is, is that 
we have to let our nays be nays. You want to believe the way you want. You want to believe the revelation is passed. More power to you. But stop treading on my bubble. People want to climb all over the word tribulation and say, well, great tribulation has already passed. When did it happen? Are we living in a time where things are getting better and better and better? Then that means that you've stuck your head in your shell like a turtle and you need to come along with me for a little bit. It's not getting better and better. It's getting worse and worse. And if you don't believe me, come with me. Look what else it says. They came and they had power. Verse 4 says, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. These are different kind of locusts. I don't know how many of y'all know this, but we have right now the jar flies, which are making that loud chirping sound. A locust looks like a grasshopper. It really does. It looks like a large grasshopper. And you can eat them. Not going to, but you can eat them, okay? But those particular locusts are designed to, to literally eat the vegetation upon this earth. And so whenever you have a tree, and, and again, they say they have a sting, that they can sting the trees, and that they can eat of the, uh, eat of the uh, sap or the fruit or whatever, they also take along the grass, they eat the, the vegetation. In fact, there, is, uh, there have been locusts that have reached all the way into Utah, and they have, literally it's been attributed to them. And the only thing that prevented the people, the, the new inhabitants of Utah from starving to death was seagulls. Absolutely true. Go back and read the history. You'll see it's true. Seagulls came in and ate up all the locusts. And so there was a second year, and the seagulls came a second year, and there have been no more locusts since. Reality is, we are seeing something that is different here because these locusts are not here to hit the vegetation. They're here to hurt men. Let me see if that's not true. And verse 4 said, And it was commanded to them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, Neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now, who is it that we know has the seal in the foreheads? That's the 144,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We know that that is sealed in their foreheads. This is almost immediately after that particular point. And so, this gives credence to those individuals who said, we have not come through the fire, we have come through the fire of God. You see the difference? The fire means that you have come through the fires of Molech. I had my son ask me one time, what's the difference between the fires of Molech? What was that? I said, go back and you'll study the Old Testament that they passed through the God, or they passed through the coals, even with their, their children, were burned to death because they worshipped Molech. God doesn't ask that. The, God, the fire that God sends is a fire that burns deep within my heart that wants others to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's a difference. The 144,000 See the purpose? Look what else. And verse 5, And to them was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. What does that mean? Man, alive. I remember many years ago, and, and I, when I was a young kid, I knew that poison ivy was my, not my friend. Anyone ever had poison ivy so bad that you can't even bend your elbows? And you know what it's like. 
I got secrets for you. Don't don't ever go into the bathroom and put hot water on it. Wash as with as cold water as you can possibly wash off, and hopefully it'll keep the pores closed. But I remember one time, and, and I had to be in my middle 20s, late 20s, because I was always working for Airborne Express, and my hand had swelled up to about that thick. And it stunk, and it hurt, and I couldn't even use my hand. I, for the first time in my life, I had to try to learn to write left-handed. And I was so embarrassed. And they would call, you know, something that I would call when I was younger because I used to get it between my fingers and I couldn't even close my hand. And I told mom, I said, I just want to cut my hand off. I said that to my mother. She goes, before it gets better. Mom always had this little statement that she could make to get me back to decision time. I just wanted to get rid of the poison ivy. But the reality is, these same individuals, men and women that are upon this earth, they are going to be tormented by these scorpions. And notice what torments them. I want to read all this together for you, okay? They were given five months, and their torment was as the torment of the scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days men shall seek death and shall not find it. They shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shape of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and their heads were as it were the crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates as it was the breastplates of iron, and the sound of the wings was the sound of chariots, many horses running to battle. Now, how many of you all know that this time of year we can hear what we call locusts or the jar flies as they're calling out? We hear that I mean, it is a sound that will literally drive us over the edge if we let, allow it. But imagine the sound of these wings. And yet they're, they're like metal on metal. And there's that clamor that's going to be there, and it never lets up. Can you imagine that sound just literally driving you out of your mind? And they're trying to keep themselves in a room. Five months, they want to try to separate themselves from the world. Five months. They want to try to keep from being bitten from these locusts. And when they are, even crave death. You know, it's interesting that the scripture tells us that these things are going to happen. But how many people are ignoring that this is going to occur? I have so many people that will come up to me and they'll say, well, when, you know, are these the signs of the time? Are these the signs of the time? Let me tell you what. When the time comes, you will know it's a sign of the time. Number one, I'm not going to be here. I want you to get this. This is a warning that we have given to us that we can go into the world. Why then do we find it a necessity to tell others of Jesus Christ? And I'll show you why. Let's go to the book of Titus. The book of Titus. We'll go to the end of chapter 2. And let's go down to verse 11. Why is it that we spend so much time on prophecy? In verse 11 of chapter 2 it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now here comes the reason. Looking for that blessed hope. You know what people want to know? 
what's going to happen. We want to know what's going to happen so we can look for that blessed hope, that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The glory of his appearing. Isn't that amazing? Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak. Do you realize why I have a responsibility to preach to you eschatology? Because I'm commanded to do so. Look what it says again in verse 15. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Now, I've had people that will say, well, let's go into a debate. I don't have time for a debate. I'm sorry, you know, if you want to debate, I, I've been in one debate in my life and it was a padded panel. No, no, no need to go back into another debate. The reality is, is I preach the Word of God and I let, it, let the words fall where they may. And that's what we have to be able to do. Preach the Word, be instant, in season, out of season, and let the words fall. If somebody disagrees with me, pray! You know what? His name was Charles Lybrook, John's dad. And I remember that I went to Brother Charles Lybrook and I said, Brother Charles, I, I don't understand. I said, this really bothers me. Why is it that this and this and this? And he looked at me and he said, Mike, he said, you can speak out against it, but I'm going to give you the right answer. And I'm, man, I'm just waiting on pins and needles. He said, when you pastor your own church, don't do it either. Pretty sound, isn't it? Because the reality is, is that we fall in line and we do the same things. I'll give you an example. How many of you all have caught yourself correcting your children and you hear your dad's voice coming out of your mouth? My dad could snap his fingers and we just knew the wrath of God was coming down. And mom would grit her teeth. Oh my goodness, when mom would grit her teeth, I was so afraid. I'm going to knock you in the head. Reality is, don't try to mimic the world that you've been trained by. Mimic the things of God. I've said. Oh my goodness, I have so much more. But again, the sound that these, that these locusts have is one that we are literally seeing the evidence of it all the time. But now watch. How many of us have ever thought that the things we're seeing right now are in preparation or we're being prepared already for this kind of wickedness. Look at the focus again. Crown of gold, dark hair like a woman, definitely a man. Notice that it's got the breastplate which shows that it's in a warrior condition. I had someone send me a picture the other day and I about gagged. It was someone who was dressed in drag, definitely a man, curly dark hair all over the place, long hair like a woman, things like that. And I just looked and went, you've got to be kidding me. We are so insensitive. We have been desensitized in such a way that literally everyone is individuals. Well, i got news for you. I do. And it shows me they don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
and they don't know him as their Lord and Savior. Because if they did, they I'm sorry, that's all there is to it. God never made a mistake. But the mistake is, we don't like the things of God. There's no That here's someone that can literally call us I guarantee you, just like a serpent, if you hold a serpent in your hand, it's apt to bite you. These individuals coming out, they may look pretty to Joe Blow, but when that sting occurs, you're going to say, This hurts. All right, well, today we take a look at this, but I want you to get this. Verse 12 says, this is just the first woe. Can you imagine two more woes like the first one? The fifth angel, the first woe. And I want us to remember one thing. There's two more woes coming. The worst is yet to come. Father, again, thank you for the blessings that you allow us to enjoy. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful unto you and guide us in all things. In Christ we pray. Amen. We're dismissed.